Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's a show that's starting to quite like Jack Grealish's hair. That's how good a player he is. On today's pod, we're trying something a little different because it's international break. And do you really want a review of England's routine win over a country that still thinks it's 1972? We didn't think so. So instead, the three of us are going to play a little game today we've invented called The City Player Who. Picking out blues past and present who most fit various criteria. You'll pick it up as you go along. Joining me to play are two Friday favourites in the form of Ali and Harry. Hi Ali, you well pal? I'm very well thanks, good to be back. Lovely, good to have you back. How's, uh, how's things where you are? Sunny, bright? Uh, pretty grey over uh, East Manchester at the moment. It's, um, th- we've got a little forecast for a couple of days of, of proper late summer coming next week, which I'm looking forward to, see what it squeezes in. But it, yeah, it's kind of like a, a steely grey Manchester sky today, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, Harry, how is it? How is it your way? I mean, it's Salford in it, so it's the same old, same old. I mean, it's just grey around Salford forever. Um, yeah. I do picture it grey every time I think of Salford, I must admit. Yeah. yeah. Right, okay, well, this should be a lot of fun, and we've all kind of struggled to pick our answers, um, so that should make it fun in itself, I guess. Um, I, the only thing is to just dive in, and then it becomes self-explanatory, I suppose. Um, shall we start with... The City player who really should have fulfilled their potential but sadly didn't. I'll start with you, Harry. All right. So, by the way, if anyone completely and utterly disagrees with any of my points, <laughs> please direct it to me on Twitter um, and I will kindly ignore it. I was going to um, say, that's very brave of you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've gone maybe the obvious one, but I've gone Mario Balotelli. Um, I, I loved everything about him but he had Aguero-level potential and never really got close to it. Sometimes I think I'd watch him and I'd just be completely amazed at what he could do with a football creatively, scoring goals. But then sometimes you could just be massively frustrating watching him. Um, and, I mean, I, I found a list of his career since he, since he left City as well. And he goes, AC Milan, <laughs> Liverpool, Nice, Marseille, Brescia, Monza, and now he's at, uh, and now he's in Turkey. Is it Demiraspor? I don't want to say the name wrong. Mm. So he's just his career has just massively gone downhill. I mean, if there's any Liverpool fans watching, then maybe not. But yeah, I just think he had Aguero sort of levels of potential, and yeah, he just he never got close to it, and it was frustrating because we all loved him as a character, and we all will remember Mario Balotelli as the character, but. Mario Palatelli as a footballer was a good footballer as well. He oh, just yeah. never really got close to what he could have achieved at City. Why do you think that was, Harry? Um, probably, uh, um, I mean, he's off the field, antics didn't help. I always feel like if you've got a nice, settled, off-the-field life, it really improves your game on the field. I, I, probably prime example, listening to Pep at the end of last season, he said that John Stones had a pretty hectic like, off-the-field life. Mm couple of seasons ago and now he sorted that out and he's settled he's been able to sort of focus on the pitch felt like every two weeks Mario Balotelli was doing something that was headline news and you know Mancini obviously had to constantly ask questions about him Mancini was very visibly frustrated with him at times as well um so I I think that was sort of a combination his attitude wasn't the greatest was it we can admit that yeah um so if his attitude was there and he'd sorted everything off the field and just kind of lived a nice little settled life 
maybe he could have, but then would he have been the Mario Balotelli we loved? Maybe maybe it was better <laughs> the way he was. Well, that's a really good point, to be honest. And maybe as regards to the type of player he was as well, you know, you might have mm. took something away from the player he was too if if he was more settled off a pitch. But, you know, some balance was necessary with that player, sure. 100%. Um, Ali, who was your choice? Yeah, I was uh, thinking about this one, and a lot of names came to me from around the kind of 2007, 2008, 2009 period, Mm. where we had a whole generation of players that never really survived the transition from the old Man City to the new Man City, uh, and kind of got um, left in the wake along the way, Uh, and a couple of them in particular. Probably one more, uh, if you like, extreme or dramatic than the other. Uh, first one I'll mention is Superman himself, uh, Stephen Ireland. Yeah. Um, just an absolutely phenomenal player in, in the kind of mid 2000s. Um, the, the, the ease with which he, he used to glide across the pitch and the things he could do is, is finishing from distance. Uh, and just his, the, the, air of class that he exuded in everything he did. Um, and then it just kind of all fizzled away when he was still very young. And I looked him up last night when I was talking about this. Um, and he, he's still around. He's tr- still trying to get himself back into the professional game. He's like, he's only 34, 35, something like that now. Mm. Um, but you know, it kind of feels like he should be 50. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and he's still, you know, touting himself around trying to get lower league, uh, gigs and, and failing, which is really quite heartbreaking considering what a talent he was. Um, but the other one, the, the one which actually tops the list for me from around the same period, uh, is Michael Johnson, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, who we only had for you know a year or two at at his best, and and really did look like he was going to become, the, you know, a generational world class talent. Um, and well, yeah, he was that talent. He he just never never turned it into a, a career. Um, and we know, you know, we were talking about Mario Balotelli and and you know, his head not being in the right place off the pitch. Um, I mean, we know the the story has been well told of of. Uh, Michael Johnson and his mental health and, and his state of mind. Um, and I don't know to what extent the club could have done better in looking after him round about the period mm. of Mark Hughes into uh, Mancini era, because uh, I don't think we did him any favours. Um, but again, I, you know, I looked him up last night. He's now running an estate agency in Ermston, and I hope he's very mm. happy and doing well, and, and uh, I hope his, his uh, head and his soul are in a good place. Um, yeah. But both of those guys were absolutely you know, phenomenal talents, and, and it is quite sad that we never did see the best from either of them. Yeah, good choice is all. I, um, yeah, regarding Stephen Island, I mean, he was phenomenal in Vinnie Company's testimonial. He was all over. Oh, yeah. Really good. <laughs> I mean, to show you he still had it and yeah. a, a reminder of a player that he was. Um, I've gone for two. Uh, one doesn't really fit the criteria. He wasn't given a chance to fulfil his potential at City, but Stephen Jovetic, I used to okay. love, I love that type of player. <laughs> I love the kind of, you know, he was a really enjoyable forward to watch, but in that era, we had so many forwards ahead of him in the queue there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. he was never given a chance. He was always a fourth-choice fourth striker. He was far too good to be a fourth-choice striker. Um, and so he moved on. Um, but it was such a shame because I love watching him play. Um, and I never know really how to pronounce his surname, but John Guidetti, Gu- Guidetti mm-hmm. was it? Um, yeah, Guidetti. Came through, absolute storming player by the looks. Anyway, when we signed him, scored a hat trick on his in the reserves in his debut. Wasn't really 
given a proper chance, but then when he was given a chance, he never really grabbed it with both hands, and then he moved mm. on. I think he it was a succession of loan deals, and he ended up at Stoke and, and elsewhere. I think he went to Celtic too, but he looked like he could have been a magnificent player, um, and it just didn't pan out, but mm. that happens. Um, can I can I just ask on sorry to digress a bit slightly uh, slightly on Johnson. Mm. Obviously, you lot probably know a lot more about his situation than me. Do you think the way the club's set up now? Do you reckon if he was a player, let's say in this sort of pet team, do you think the club would have been better suited to dealing with his with his problems? Definitely, and also I, mm. I think a key thing it's not so much that the club has changed, although it undoubtedly has. It's that attitudes just changed in a very quick yeah. period of time. Um, yeah. I think society now and awareness of mental health issues. Um, has advanced, thankfully, so quickly that we're only looking at, what, 10 years? It's been 10 yeah. years. Um, yeah. And yet it's a quantum leap, really, in terms of awareness. So I think it would be different. Yeah, right? um, one of the things that came out when I was, I was reading about Michael Johnson's career last night um, is he, he complained quite explicitly and, and uh, bitterly about basically the culture of bullying between older players and younger players. Mm when he was coming mm. through at City, and it was the same in every other club at that time. Uh, you know, we're just, yeah, really petty stuff, like pissing people's football boots and, and you know, like doing things with their dinner at lunchtime, kind of real schoolboy stuff that used to be absolutely endemic in professional football and, and the dressing room culture. Uh, and I don't think it is really around to anything like the same extent anymore. And I think there are people who are probably kind of emotionally more vulnerable than others uh, that could make it as footballers now quite deservedly because they've got the talent and the determination and all the rest of it. Um, but they didn't have that kind of like macho bullshit and, you know, yeah. uh, uh, mm. psychic strength to, to put up with those kind of hazing type rituals that, that professional football used to, used to dish out. Um, and, you know, the, let's wave a, a very thorough goodbye to all of that shit because uh, the you know the mm. club and the game is much better for getting rid of it. It's an obvious example, isn't it? But I was telling my wife about Graham Lasseau um, last week. Um, I can't remember what, how it came up, but it was something to do with, we're watching a local game um, and she asked about kind of, you know, uh, footballers and kind of how why well, they've got the reputation for being kind of at the R. Uh, <laughs> and I said, well, we've, we've, we've improved. The game has improved. And I used the example of Graham Lasseau and I just... Just thinking back to that, the, the way that, you know, he reads The Guardian. <laughs> like, it was a big thing that a player read The Guardian. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and again, we're going back, for Lasseau, we're going back, what, 15 years? It's really not mm. that long ago. Um, so, yeah, we are improving and we are advancing and long may that continue. Bloody hell. Um, okay. A, a City player who... No one else really rated. Blues didn't really rate as highly as you did. Um, Harry? This is probably the one I struggle with the most because I don't know about what you think, but we either sign players that go on to be absolutely world-class quality or absolutely rubbish (laughs) and don't really make it. So I sort of looked through and looked at players that didn't have really long stints at the club, but performed decently in that, that year. I thought of um, I thought of Negredo, but I think everyone sort of rated sure. Negredo. Yeah. So I've gone for the similar period. I've gone for Javi Garcia because I remember he, he spent a, a bit of time at Real Madrid and a bit of time at Benfica before he came to City. And then when he came to City, it was just really unfortunate timing. Like, yeah, yeah, I was just turning into some absolute monster. And it was the time when Pellegrini came in and he played two defensive midfielders. And Pellegrini also bought... Uh, Fernandinho in his first season I think so 
trying to displace them was pretty much virtually impossible. But towards the back end of the 13-14 the season, Garcia managed to displace Fernandinho for a little bit. And he was fantastic. And I think if he, Pep Guardiola had him in the modern day, I think he's sort of your 2012 to 2014 Rodri. Uh, the way he the way he played, mm. um, but yeah, it, it, this one was a struggle because I do feel like City either buy rubbish or or buy him in. But I think he was a, a really good player. Uh, obviously, was moved on quite quickly, pretty much because Yaya had that spot nailed down for you know obviously the next ten years or so. Um, but I think if he was in the modern day team, I think he'd do really well. That a comparison to Rodri is is you know so pertinent, isn't it? It was so similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put you know Rodri in terms of quality at a higher level than Garcia. But I completely yeah. agree that because of his lack of pace, everyone then kind of was negative about every other attribute that he had, which he had, you know, he was a good player. He just, he lacked pace. Yeah. He was also very important in letting Yaya go and do his thing further forward. Yeah. He sort of just sat there and, and protected, you know, a, a very slow Martin Di Michaelis uh, at the back as well and allowed Yaya to get forward and do his thing that season. It's probably one of the main reasons, well, him and Fernandinho sort of alternated that that position, uh, that Yaya had that incredible season that he did that year. Um, Harry, what about you? Kind of a City player who maybe Blues don't rate as highly as you do. You mean me? Yes. So, sorry, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can okay. see <laughs> I, know. I, I, I had a few here. Uh, to go, to go like deep into this question, um, I really liked Rocky Santa Cruz. Uh, mm. and when he, when he arrived, I was absolutely certain. I told everyone that Rocky Santa Cruz is going to be a megastar at City. He is going to bang in goal after goal after goal after goal after goal. And I'm still waiting for it to happen. <laughs> I don't know. I'm about 10 years on now, but I'm sure just one more loan spell to Bolton Wanderers. And when he comes back, he will be the real deal. And I'm sticking to it. Um, uh, slightly less uh, dramatically, maybe, than that one. Um, and from the, about the same time as Javi Garcia, actually. Uh, I, I I never quite understood why Fernando never took off in mm. the way that he looked like he was going to. There was a little period um, after he settled in where Pellegrini was playing kind of a 4-2-3-1 formation with Fer- Fernandinho and Fernando next to each other. And there was a couple of European games where it just really worked and they looked absolutely world-class as, as a pair. Um, and then it never quite translated into Premier League for some reason and Fernandinho's career just went in one direction and Fernando's went in the other. Uh, and I was particularly gutted about that one because Fernando, uh, were the only player we've ever bought who arrived with his own ready-made song from the channel, <laughs> written by the greatest songwriting partnership like, ever, mm. ever in pop music. The back, um, and the we, back up, we have got There's a Fernando song there, and he was never good enough to deserve getting his song. <laughs> which, <laughs> what a shame that was. Yeah. Uh, and uh, while we're about it, welcome back, Abba. It's good to have you back. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we're looking at my list, I had one uh, final suggestion for that. Yeah, actually, I mean, someone who did get some praise but I feel while we're talking this by the time he left and uh, the the kind of someone who didn't get the tributes and the love that I think he deserved uh, was Nico Otamendi um, when he left mm. last year he kind of left with a bit of a cloud of oh he's a bit crap we're glad to get rid of him Why? Let, let's dump him and it forgets not only how good a lot of his performances were but how absolutely central he was to so many of our successes um, and I think City fans didn't do ourselves 
like, we didn't cover ourselves in glory with how we said goodbye to Otamendi because I think he was a better player than we gave him credit for. Um, but it's kind of it, it's hard to know with this question because you know who who's someone who gets no credit at all. Well, mm. as Harry said, very few players get no credit at all. <laughs> yeah, no one rated, um, and the ones that no one rated really probably because nobody deserved it. <laughs> they didn't deserve it. Um, but there's a few that I, that I think deserve a bit more love than than we ever gave them. Yeah, well, well said on Ottoman. I mean, he was in the yeah, Premier League. He was in the team of the year, wasn't he? Premier League team yeah. of the year at one point. So mm. I, I'm going to go way back with mine. I'm going for Stevie Redmond, and it, I think yeah. I think it comes down to the fact that that's when I first started going week in week out to City. I was I was a you know a kid. I saw this colossal defender who, who to me was like Beckenbauer. You know, it's striding out with a ball and reading the game so comfortably. It was like everything was so easy to Stevie Redmond. And then all of a sudden he went to, I think it was Oldham and then Berry, and, and then before you knew it, he was playing kind of in the, in the lower reaches of, of, of the leagues. And I was like, hang on a minute, this was a magnificent player. And I wrote an article about him a few years ago. And basically the response on Twitter was, no, he really wasn't that good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's because I was a kid and I was just starting to go to all the games. And so to me, you know, so maybe I'm wrong and I accept that I'm wrong. But in my head, I'm, I'm not going to change. I refuse to change. In my head, Stevie <laughs> Redmond is, is Beckenbauer. He was magnificent uh, and as good as any of the others of that kind of fine kind of um, class who came through, apart from obviously Lakey. Um Yes, Stevie Redmond, I think, deserves a bit more credit than he's given credit for. And, and, you know, this was in a tough period for City as well. And uh, he gives a lot of... And, you know, he played a big role in that 5-1 as well. So, okay. um, The City player who's transferred to Main Road slash the Etihad, I most rue. Shall we basically all agree that in modern times there's a particular player who stands out, uh, especially given the news of the last couple of weeks? (laughs) Um, I've actually been thinking, we, can we change that question? Yeah, yeah. Which, which player, which side do we most rue whose name is not Benjamin Mendy? I would like to just add to it, but I, I never really liked us signing the United Legends, Andy Cole, Peter Schmeichel. Clearly, they were joining for one season, two seasons most, and mm. just tainted it for me. I never felt comfortable with that happening. Uh, same goes for Robbie Fowler and Steve McManaman, too. Um, we could have, you know, we we didn't have to sign those players, and, and I would have preferred that we didn't. Um, okay, let's move on then. Let's <laughs> talk about from one extreme to another. The City player who would definitely beat me at Connect Four. <laughs> Essentially, the most intelligent City player. I'm very quickly just going to get mine. It's an obvious choice, lads. I apologise. David Silver. Just the way he played football was it was trigonometry. Um, grade A footballing student. Um, his movement, everything was so instinctive and that comes from pure intelligence and I'd be staggered if a chat with David Silver, you didn't discover that you know, he's, he's got depth that lad, a lot of depth um, and I, it's something I've wanted to discuss or write about in great detail for a long time, footballing mm. intelligence compared mm. to kind of IQ if you like you look at mm. that, David Beckham's a perfect example of that, let's face it thick as shit but when it comes to his free kick taking, that requires a specific intelligence of which he was the master. You know, he was extremely intelligent in that regard. So, um, yeah, David Silver for me. Uh, Harry, who's your, who would definitely beat you at Connect Four? 
Yeah, I, I looked at it purely from a Connect Four angle rather than intelligence. <laughs> yeah, uh, did I. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I've, and I and I and I went for Fernandinho because what he would do is he, he'd stamp on my foot so I'd look away. Love two counters in. Like a, what is a tactical foul in Connect Four? Um, so so he'd, he'd put two counters in to win. But then just to make up for me, he could give me a big hug and just be like, "No, no, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Don't worry." But look, I, I, I have connected four there, so I have won. Um, so yeah, whatever a tactical foul is in Connect Four, Fernandinho would do it and batter me every time. Brilliant, <laughs> uh, Ali. Who would beat you at Connect Four? I am absolutely convinced that Vinny uh, could beat all of us at Connect yes, Four poker, yeah. backgammon simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, you know the things they do with the chess grandmasters where you've got four different tables, like, like four <laughs> different games. Vinny would win all of them while putting the world to right and, and explaining how to solve ge- you know the geopolitics of Africa at the same time. <laughs> Um, Vinny is an incredibly intelligent man. Um, and, you know, it shone through. I mean, you were talking about football intelligence, and, and I, I quite agree there is such a thing. Um, the other thing that I would just agree with you about David Silva, but I think the fact that he never had the best English and, and he was so shy, uh, he never really showed his his mm. human intelligence as opposed to yeah. football intelligence. Um, I think probably if you spoke to Spanish people uh, and anyone who's talked to uh, David Silva at length in, in his own language would probably give you a very different impression of what kind of man he is um, but that was a good call but no the, uh, hands down Connect for champion is, is going to be Vinny <laughs> what about I've been looking forward to this one the, the city player who made me question my sexuality the good looking swine um, Harry <laughs> Uh, this is very easy for me. It is for me, Aguero every me. single day of the week. <laughs> Back off. <laughs> every, every, every time I'd look at a kit and I'd go, that kit is disgusting. And then they would just post a photo of Aguero in it and just go, yeah, maybe it's not that bad yeah. after all. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a photo of Sergio on the um, bus after, in 2012 and won the league with a title there. Um, great photo by Sharon Latham. And I think he's winking at the camera. Genuinely aroused. Honestly, <laughs> that photo, I was like, that genuinely made me question my sexuality. I was like, I am aroused here. You are so good looking. You're so cool. And you're the centre forward for my football team. <laughs> love the guy. I love, love, love him. Um, <laughs> Ali, what about yourself? Yeah, I have to say, actually, our, our uh, squad and, and first 11 is doing pretty damn well on this front at the moment. Yeah. Considering we are the club that once put out a team that involved Richard Dunn, <laughs> Carlos Tevez, and Craig Bellamy, all at the same time. <laughs> we're, we are yeah. now, uh, in, uh, in, in, we truly have entered a different in, a generation. Um, but, uh, I must admit, I'm, I'm, our, our, our centre-backs at the moment are particularly handsome. Like, I mean, all four of them uh, are yeah. just outrageously handsome centre-backs, which really is not meant to happen. There's something, there's, there's some kind of rip in the space-time continuum to allow that. Uh, I'm particularly, I am crushing so hard on Nathan Ake at the moment. He is such a beautiful man. Mm. Um, I, I don't care whether he's playing football or not, just like his, the, the, he's got a glow. That there's kind of a, a, a glow of beauty that surrounds everything he does. And, yeah. and uh, I'd quite like to see him in the pitch a bit more too sometime. Yeah, well, Ruben Diaz as well is, um, you know, his kind of Instagram and all that, the photos he puts up. Mm. Cool. Anyway, <laughs> the City player most misunderstood by rival supporters. Um, I struggled with this and then it suddenly came to me. I thought, mm-hmm. oh, this is, this is exactly what I was thinking of. I'm going for Paul Lake. And 
it's a specific type of uh, misunderstanding. People knew Paul Lake was a good player. You know, they knew who he was and, and what his circumstance was and what happened to him. You know, I'm talking about, say, Liverpool fans or United fans at the time. Only City fans know he was exceptional. He was truly a special, special footballer who would have gone on to change English football because he would have played alongside Paul Gascoigne if Gazza had also missed, you know, avoided such injuries. The two of them in England's midfield, wow. So I don't think others beyond City appreciate just how good Paul Lake was. So he's my choice. Um, Harry? Yeah, another one I struggled with, um, probably a bit of a bizarre one, but I've gone Vincent Kompany purely because when I think everyone talks about the, the greatest central defenders like in Premier League history, they always say, well, our company was an elite captain. It was like, well, yeah, company was an elite captain, but he was also an elite footballer. Mm, yeah. And I think that always kind of gets missed, missed out when they talk about company. City really missed company when he wasn't there. And every time he came back, there was no surprise that we went on massive winning runs or we hardly ever conceded a goal. And, as as great as he was a captain, and of course he is, I do think he is he's up there with the greatest centre backs that I've seen in the in the Premier League, and I think that always gets missed out because of how good of a captain he was. You know what, Harry? I would say that goes also for quite a lot of City fans, including myself. I think mm. whenever I talk about Vinnie Company, or particularly if I write about him, I always put his leadership first and foremost. And you're right, you know his his qualities as a defender, tr- you know, kind of trump all other qualities. So yeah. I, Great show. Um, Ali? Yeah, I, I think uh, for many years it was David Silva, uh, who mm, not only didn't get the respect he deserved as a, as a uh, player, but people didn't really understand the job he does. People were talking about him as a luxury player, or maybe he was just kind of there playing the occasional like through ball out to the winger or, or whatever, um, and not understanding the role he played in, in knitting our midfield together for the you know, best part of a decade. Um, I mean, I'd probably uh, at the time he left, people finally, you know, the pundits and everyone else had woken everyone up to just how, how magical David Silva was, but it took a long time to get there. Um, and at the moment, I think it's Rodri. Uh, mm. I, I don't think both from City fans and from non-City fans um, he doesn't get nearly enough respect for what a clever footballer he is um, how you know, I, I once called him I think an impenetrable wall of Spaniard on this show <laughs> um, and, and you know just how difficult City are to get past when he is on the pitch and I, I maintain to this day that we would have won the Champions League if Rodri had been there to, to face up to um Canty, uh, and probably the year before as well. <laughs> but that's, you know, water under the bridge now. Um, so, yeah, I think people have still got a lot of waking up to do to just how uh, how important Rodri is to our team and how how, uh, how much of a difference he will make to our club in the years beyond Fernandinho, which sadly will be coming before long. Yeah, what strikes me is so often the underrated players in football or the misunderstood players in football, so often it's the defensive midfielders. Yeah. And, and yet it's such a pivotal role and we all appreciate it. So, yeah. That's it. it it's a, it's a, a player that you tend to appreciate a bit more in your own club and, and on the other side, they're always invisible. Mm. Um, I mean, it, uh, it took Kante a long time to get the respect that he deserves as well, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's now just about, along with Kevin De Bruyne, he's the best midfielder in the world. Well, um, but it, it, there is something about that central defensive midfielder pl- position that when you're doing it really well, you become invisible. Uh, and nobody mm. sees what you do um, because it. You know, a lot of it is about cutting out balls before the they're even played. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed, Leicester's a great example because I had to write about yeah. Leicester quite a lot for for Forbes, and so I had to watch all their games. And 
And then I'd talk about Leicester to other people who didn't support Leicester and then say, you know, oh yeah, Madsen's a great player. And, you know, Vardy, what, what, you know, look yeah. what he does. It. And I was thinking every time, well, no, indeed he is the man for them, you know. When he's missing, mm. they, they are not the same team. Um, okay, the City player, you can, this is another of yours, Ali's, the City player who would definitely help out with a washing up on Christmas Day. Um, just a nice guy, the nicest thing. And to be fair, we are blessed with some nice guys. And you know what? I was looking at this current squad and I thought, we have got a likeable squad right now. Um, Harry, who would you say um, in your kind of supporting <laughs> lifetime is the nicest City player? Um, well, I, I think really it's Vinny, but I'll, I'll go with someone different because of... Um, because just for the... I'll go with Pablo Zabaleta. Yeah, great um, yeah. Good I, I feel like from what I've seen... In terms of like inside city and stuff, he'd like at Christmas like get dressed up in a big Santa outfit as well and get involved in <laughs> in anything to do with like the staff. And I think he just got on with everyone really well. And I, I think he's I think he's definitely up there. I think him and Vincent Company are probably the two. But from what I've seen, I'll, I'll go Zaba. Yeah, good show. Uh, Ali, what about yourself? Yeah, I think uh, Zabba would definitely be the one dressed up in the Father Christmas costume, handing out <laughs> presents to the kids. But while he is doing that, um, Raheem Sterling is the one who would quietly get up, gather all the dishes, bring them through to the <laughs> kitchen, uh, start washing them up just like his mum taught him, without even saying a word, without needing to be asked. I think um, <laughs> I love it. Raheem Sterling just kind of exudes lovely lads uh, from uh, every. <laughs> From every inch of his uh, of skin, um, yeah, he's he's my uh, top tip for who would do the first to volunteer to do the washing up on Christmas Day. Absolutely, uh, I just mm. want to give a couple of shots because again, in my position and the job I do, I've been very fortunate to interview former players, and a lot, some of them have been City players. So, just a shout out to Colin Hendry, who is on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, worth checking out on Twitter. I think he's called Braveheart. I can't remember if there's a number after it, but Braveheart on Twitter, um, and he just he just replies to people, chats to people. He's just a normal guy on there, and I love that about him. Um, and Michael Brown, um, I interviewed Michael Brown um, a couple of years ago, and he just chatted to me, just chatted like we were equals, and I always love that. I always, it's a good way of kind of finding out who the decent guys are because they just chat to you, mm. you know. You know straight away, and Michael Brown was one of those guys. So, um, okay, so I'll just put their names forward. This should be a nice, easy, quick one, I guess, this next one. The city player whose name I choose to have printed on the back of a shirt. So, Harry, have you ever had names printed on the back of your shirts? Um, well, <laughs> notoriously, when I was younger, and I think my mum will back me up on this, every time I got a player on the back of the shirt, they had awful seasons. <laughs> right. So, so I, I, had a, I had a bit of a curse for a long while where I, I'd get, I mean, when you mentioned Santa Cruz before, he was another one who I had on the back of the shirt. <laughs> I've had, I've had, honest to God, I've had some dross at the bio. I've had some absolute dross on the back. Um, but if I had to, if you had to give me one player to, to put on the back of my shirt, it'd be, be Carlos Tevez. Mm. Just, just for the pure shit housery. Um, just the, he, he was one of the, the sort of beginning of making me believe that we were going to sort of compete at the, at the, at the top of the table. Um, he was just the, the whole fiasco was just mind blowing that he would move from Man United to little city. But as we've, as we've seen quite recently, one of their best players wanted to move to city as well. Um, <laughs> so maybe we're not that irrelevant. <laughs> so yeah, I probably Carl Seves, but I, I tell you what, if, if he was playing now and I got him on the back of the shirt, he'd have a terrible season. <laughs> I, can't, I can't, don't think he's capable of having a terrible season. Tevez. Um, okay. 
church. <laughs> I'll all about myself. Yeah, I've never really been a replica shark kind of guy, and I'm particularly not a name in the back of a replica shark kind of guy. Uh, but if I was, I think I would be the kind of wanker that would have something sort of hipsterish and <laughs> off the wall uh, on the back. Santa uh, yeah. Cruz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Carson, Carson one, I think would be would yes. be a classic shit. I think I would go for that. Or, or, uh, or what's he called? Um, yeah, okay, I know. My answer is I want Brandon the Kitman across the back of Amazing. my shirt, so I know my shirt nice. will be properly looked after. Like that, he, he's a, a, an unrecognised uh, club hero. Yeah, I, I would go for Jesus because uh, I love Gabby and uh, I really, really want him to succeed at City, and, and he looks like he's going to be. Have a really good season this year on the right wing, and I really hope that continues. So, um, Jesus, and also I'm an atheist, so just to have Jesus on my back. <laughs> oh my God's sake. Um, okay, the city player who first made me read. Well, actually, Harry, I think you give an insight into your answer here, maybe. This uh, is, yeah, I, I went a bit differently. Oh, did you? All right, okay. Well, so, um, the city <laughs> player who first made me realize the club was heading for the stratosphere. Um, so you haven't gone for Tevez then. No, Tevez was definitely one of them, but I've gone for Yaya Torre because it was just like a. I remember watching the the Champions League final between uh, United and and, yeah. and Barcelona, and Torre was obviously was he centre half? I'm pretty sure Pep was manager, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. And then when he when he signed for City, he was kind of like, what like a player from Barcelona is like joining City, like what? So it was it, it was it was that it was watching him sort of the the previous May absolutely strutting his stuff in an unfamiliar position in a Champions League final and then two months later signing for City uh, of course you know no one knew what was going to happen after that but you know he, he, he's kind of got on to do a, a little bit better than uh, everyone expected I think uh, especially Paul Merson so yeah I, I'd go I'd, I'd go yeah yeah sorry but Tevez is definitely up there too I've gone for a very obvious shout of Sergio Aguero because I think that was the signing that really took us up a notch and he was at the peak as well, or not even, you know, at his peak, approaching it. So to sign him at that time was like, wow. Um, Ali, who did you go for? Well, I remember the feeling of my breath being taken away when we signed Rubinho. I mean, I know it was the, the, the last day of the transfer but, window, yeah. the day that the takeover happened, kind of those rumours that something like that might happen. But then it just kind of, boom, it was a done deal. And we'd signed Rubinho. And I was like, whoa. And it, it, it was like one of those the earth moving beneath your feet kind of thing where really felt like, you know, okay, so this is the club I support now. Um, now I don't particularly want to dwell on Rubinho for, you know, again, the, the Mendy reasons. Um, but I think uh, after the Rubinho thing, uh, rather than one particular signing, I think there was the one transfer window or the, the, the summer um, after that, it would have been so what the 2000, summer of 2009 uh, when I think in the same window we signed Tevez, Adebayor, Gareth Barry, <laughs> Santa Cruz, uh, uh, Silvino, like just a whole, a whole team basically all came in the transfer window um, and that was to me, rather than one name, that was when it felt like everything changed um, You know that summer. Uh, and of course Mancini coming in as well. We, you know, we're talking players, not managers. But yeah, that, that's a great that, shot. That was a really big, big, big change to the the whole feel of the club. I felt. Yeah, because yeah. he, he was someone who I knew as a player, and he was someone who I knew it was successful in in Italy. But I didn't know that much about Mancini. And then yeah. when he came in, obviously you do your your, your research. It's like, 
Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, um, and also a shout for the the previous question about like who's most made you question your sexuality. It's like no one has ever worn a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Bobby might um, be a shout for the next question as well. Or you know, when, 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 he, when he was younger. Um, so we have to be careful on legal ground here. <laughs> <laughs> So, the city player most likely to hit on your girlfriend or wife and steal your crunchy. Um, <laughs> I, I'll go first by just basically, I, I want to make it absolutely clear, I am passing on an anecdote here. I do not know if this is true, although she has no reason to, you know, make this up at all. So, a good girl mate of mine told me that when she was about 18, she got hit on in McDonald's by a city player. And she knows nothing about football. And she's with her mum and she said that basically this guy was really drunk and making her really uncomfortable. Um, so can I name the player? I don't know. <laughs> and it, oh, God. I'll tell you what, what, what I'll say is she knows nothing about football. So I tried to say, well, who was it? And she said, I have no idea. Um, someone told me it was a city player, you know, who was with me. And I said, okay. So she goes, he was very, very tall. I went, right. Okay. And she said he had an Irish accent. <laughs> So I'll, I'll leave it there. So, so all he did was, was try his luck in McDonald's, but apparently he was kind of, you know, just being a bit kind of creepy, but yeah. It's really not a classy place to hit in someone, whoever you are, whoever you are, but particularly for a professional footballer. Exactly. So that's my choice anyway. And, uh, we may need to edit later. <laughs> Harry, what's your choice? Um... I, I, if I said drip doctors, would uh, would anyone uh, know what we were talking about? No, um, I, I've gone for Sammy Nazare. Of course, do you yeah, not remember the whole Twitter course. fiasco? That's a great shout. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> because that whole day was just so surreal. I was like, "Is this actually happening to a yeah. footballer who plays for City?" Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's and he's a, yeah, and he's a handsome lad as well. So I, I, I reckon Sammy Nazare. That's a great shout because you're on safe ground there. It was on Twitter. It actually <laughs> happened before <laughs> our very eyes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sorry, and um, an unnamed Irish footballer so far, uh, Ali. <laughs> okay, I'll, okay. As for the most likely to hit in your wife or girlfriend, um, I think there's uh, yeah, okay. A picture of the scene: you're you're on holiday somewhere around Mallorca or the south of Spain, Costa Brava or whatever. Um, you're in a, a, a medium to classy cocktail <laughs> bar. And uh, there's a cocktail waiter there who's just a little bit creepy, a little bit full on, and you think it's not quite right. And then he lifts one eyebrow and these sparkling blue eyes shine like sapphire and you hear the faint (laughs) pop of your wife's elastic popping in her knickers. Um, I give you one name, Jesus Navas. Uh, if ever there was a man born to be the villain, the cat in a Zorro movie, it's Jesus Navas. Um, yeah, it's spectacularly evil face. I've got nothing against the guy whatsoever. I'm sure he's a lovely man. But this is like a rubbish see? ITV drama documentary. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one. As they're stealing your crunchy thing, I have to, I have to put one more name in. Um, uh, a player I've got the most enormous admiration for. Uh, spent four years at Manchester City. Um, was an inter- a, a full international. Um, must have earned several million pounds in salary. Never played a minute hmm. on the pitch for us. Richard Wright, take a bow. If you can steal a living like that, you would. Oh, really <laughs> fantastic! <laughs> yeah, that's the answer right there. <laughs> um, 
Oh, what about the city? Play? Oh, kind of back to football matters, I guess. Here, uh, oh, boo! And we're we'll through this bit. The city player most likely to prove his doubters wrong. Um, for me, he's already been mentioned. Um, you mentioned him, Ali. Uh, Nathan Ake. I would love him to prove his doubters wrong. Um, I think he's a quality defender. Um, he's class, that lad, and he's just not showing it in a city shirt so far. So I would love him to turn it around. Um, let's start with you, Ali, this time. Yeah, I don't think there's too many players in our club at the moment. Yeah, I've got many doubters. I'm, I was struggling with this one. Um, I am aware that poor old Patrick Roberts is still a City player. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we bought him for what, 12 million quid or something stupid when he was about 12. Yeah. Um, and he seems to have been at the club since the 1970s and he's gone out and loan 94 times. He's um, 24, by the way. And he's no still way. only 24. No, yeah. no, he's not. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> what? I would have genuinely guessed that he's 29. Again, it's, an- it's another rip in the space-time continuum. He's still only 24 years old. This is absolutely true. And he may well still uh, become the, the, the world-class you know, generational winner oh, that we, that time, we thought yes. we were buying all those years ago. So that would be a good one. It would be, it would be nice if it finally came, if it came good for Patrick Roberts, because God knows the lads tried. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Harry? <laughs> yeah, I've just gone for the really boring, easy answer of Raheem Sterling. I think really not much more needs to be said on, on why he needs to prove doubt was wrong. I still believe... Have you not already both. done it, do you think, Harry? And not, I, I still don't think he does. I, I think there was times in the in, in the Euros where he'd scored every single yeah, goal that England yeah. were playing and he was still saying, yeah, I think he still think that Rashford could have done a better job on his side. And, he's, <laughs> and you're just like, Actually, come on! To be fair, to be fair, he had, he, exactly as you said, except me and pretty much every other City fan was like, yeah, but still pick Foden. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so you've absolutely got a point, Harry. I, 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 I completely agree with it. And it's, I... I Oh, this is a very depressing statement, but I, I believe it's just people out there who won't change their minds about... No, yeah, I completely yeah. agree. Completely yeah. agree. But yeah, like, it would be bloody wonderful if that happened. Yeah. Um, he do, all, all he needs to do is learn how to go around a keeper and score. Oh, if he, could, nice. if he could just do that last Did night. Did it last night? <laughs> we are, every City fan watching that England game last night just knew full well what was happening when he was through one and one with the keeper. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll just go make a cup of tea now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about the oh, I love this one um, the City player who plays in the way that I dream I could play like um, Harry yeah uh, for me Phil Foden uh, he's Mank uh, born and bred City playing for City and he's just utterly mint um, so mm. a very easy decision for me I could obviously go with the, the world class players we've had in the past if you had Sergio David's quality you'd obviously go with them but I think the fact that he's all grown and he's going to be at City forever hopefully uh, and he loves the club I think it gives it that little bit more meaning and it'd be like I think Phil Foden is the sort of guy that you know everyone wishes they was when they grew up watching City you know playing on the highest level yeah. uh, for your boyhood club so I'd go Phil Foden well I've got a confession to make regarding this question, which is that about six months ago, um, I <laughs> I was driving to Five Aside, and I thought from nowhere, I thought I'm going to pretend that I'm Kevin De Bruyne today, oh. <laughs> right? And I had a fucking stormer. That was uh-huh. that was the best game I've played. I was everywhere, and my deliveries, genuinely, my deliveries from out wide were amazing. So I've never done it since. So it just felt a bit childish and I felt a bit embarrassed in my own head. I felt a bit embarrassed of doing it. 
because I've never done it since, and I really should. So Kevin De Bruyne is my... I wish I could play like Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I'll tell you something, Steve. Do you know that every time he's putting his boots on to go out to play, Kevin De Bruyne <laughs> says, right, today I'm going to play like Steve Tudor. Today I'm going to play like Steve Tudor. And it works every time. I love, I love to think that, yeah, Kevin De Bruyne opens his laptop to write some 600-word opinion piece. <laughs> Oh, so in preview, right? I'm <laughs> um, Ali. Well, I, I was a, I was a actually to say I was an average footballer would be vastly overstating my ability. Um, I was when I was at my best, it was as a right back, and I didn't have many qualities. Absolute bobbins any time I got in front of the goal. My crossing was okay, but I was incredibly fast uh, and. Um, Opposing forwards who thought they could get one over on me by actually having some ability and skill used to get immensely annoyed by the fact that I would just out-sprint them and and take the ball away. Uh, So with all that in mind, um, occasionally when I'm watching the football and I see Kyle Walker saying, well, if I was a footballer, that's how I would play. (laughs) So Kyle Walker is my uh, my Mm. spirit footballer. That's a good choice as well. Um, Another nice one. Uh, The city player I would most like to meet. Um... (laughs) Harry? Uh, I've gone with this as a sort of night out type thing. Like, who would you go for a a nice little night? So I've gone with Micah Richards uh, because I just think he'd be a massive laugh. And if you've listened to any podcast with Micah Richards, he's not scared of telling pretty inside stories. I mean, the one of David (laughs) Silver and and what he was like on a night out was magnificent. So I I might even opt for David Silver, but I think it'd just be non-stop laughs with with, with Micah. So yeah, I'll go with him. Um, I've gone for David Silva um, because I would just love to tell him how much he means to me and what he's given me. And, and I, I, yeah, and um, last year we did um, a David Silva special on the pod, and it was me, Howard, and Paul Lake, and it was passed on to David. There, oh the pod. no! And David, it was before a Brighton game, and David Silva passed on a message to us that he would be listening to the pod. On the coach oh. got going down. Oh, be- that's incredible! Because otherwise, he would have to listen to John Stones for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the next day before the Brighton game, all I was thinking about was David Silver is listening to me just talk about David Silver, and it blew my little tiny brain. So, yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, Ali. Uh, yeah, well, if I'm not allowed to say Pep Guardiola, who would be my ah, good choice? No, absolutely. Because uh, uh, I mean, I'd, I, I'd, you know, of all human beings on the planet, I think the the one right now I'd most like to sit down and have a glass of wine with would be Pep Guardiola. Um, but if we're talking players, um, I reckon uh, Ilkay Gundogan would be really, really good company over a decent meal. Mm. Um, he's he's very gentle and thoughtful, and, and just seems like a really nice guy uh, for a proper night out. <laughs> for a proper night in Kilwalker again. For <laughs> a night, I, I didn't make a Richard Town myself as well. He's a good one. Um, but the other, the, the other, uh, it, sincere and genuine answer, uh, Vinny. Again, I would, I would give yes. anything to, yeah. to spend an evening with Vincent Company, putting the world to rights, picking his brains about football and politics and everything else. Uh, that would be an absolute joy. Yeah. Um, Okay, lastly, the City player who I most wished was eligible to play for the country of my birth. Um, so the three of us are from different nations, so it's different answers, I guess. So, uh, Harry, who do you most wish was English? 
Um, well, I I looked at this tactically and thought, where are England yeah, probably enough. weakest at the moment? Yeah. They've got a fantastic team, but I still think that Jordan Pickford is, is an absolute T-Rex of a goalkeeper. <laughs> um, so I think, it, you know, Southgate likes to play out the back. Uh, I think we're just lacking a goalkeeper that's got the, the ability to do that. So I, I've gone with Edison. Can you imagine Edison doing what he did last week, though, in an England show? Oh, so, <laughs> do you know what's so funny, right? Because that was my first game back, the Arsenal game. And it, there's still this nervousness of when he gets on the ball and just <laughs> everyone was shouting abuse at him when he did that. And I was just laughing at the fact he was just strolling back like nothing <laughs> had happened. He just, he's, he's got no fear. And then we were on the attack as well. And he, he was virtually on the, on the centre circle. And Pep had to tell him just move back a bit you're going to get lobbed (laughs) and he just I think I think he does it I think even if he conceded the goal he would have laughed as he picked the ball out the back of the net he's just not bothered by it at all he's a Bond Um, villain yeah he he is a Bond villain so yeah I think England probably need that calmness as well so he'd be fantastic great show Um, Ali well, I mean, I'm Scottish, so I mean, I would take absolutely any. <laughs> if, if somebody told me that yeah, Elliot, Elliot and Mangala was Scottish, I, I would bite your hand off. <laughs> but on a, a similar logic to Harry, thinking about what we actually need, Scotland is is so desperate for forwards and and strikers at the moment. I, in, in all sincerity, I just really wish one of those. Kids yeah. coming through the city academy at the moment had a, had a Scottish granny, and uh, I, 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 I'm going to apologise for this in advance. But I was thinking about who I would like, and ideally, what I want is Sammy Dozy to turn out to be actually called Sam Mackie Dozy, which amongst, <laughs> amongst everything else would provide a welcome boost to the Cranky's uh, career prospects. <laughs> Magnificent, Sam, Sam Mackie Dozy. I, I don't even want to give my answer now. I want to end on that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've got a really obvious answer as well to end on, which is quite kind of an anti-climax, but Kevin De Bruyne, because a club, a country like Wales, same goes for Scotland, you need that special player who can take it again yeah. by the scruff of a neck. And so I was thinking David Silva, and, and I thought, well, De Bruyne, he, is, he can propel a, a team around him. Um, so yeah, De Bruyne in a Wales jersey is just, that would be somewhat special. And uh, never to be, though. Um, Lads, I've really enjoyed today. Thank you so much, Harry. Yeah, pleasure, mate. F- thanks, Ali. I haven't laughed so much in months. Yeah, I needed that. <laughs> I really <laughs> did. Yeah, thanks, both. Um, and that's a wrap for today, folks. So thanks very much for listening in. We're off to watch a 6-1 at Old Trafford again to help get through an international break. In the meantime, take care, everyone. Be well. And forever up, the cup drinking, cup lifting blues. <laughs>